the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Had that morning rain, but then sunshine, a decent amount of the day, and have clear skies ahead. 45 the high for today, 30 the low night tomorrow, a good deal of sun again, and a high of 44. Eagles lost 33-13 to Dallas, second week in a row they've really had their lunch handed to them, head coach Nick Sirianni. You know, obviously we got to play a little bit better. There's no doubt about that. It wasn't our best two performances in a row. And we'll just pick ourselves up. Again, you don't look at it like we got to win our next, you just got to win our next game. So I, I just say we're where we are. It's 10 and 3, like you said, and ready to play our next game, pick our, and, and make sure we make the corrections off of this game. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni, next game a week from tonight at Seattle for Monday Night Football. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts as well on last night's game and moving forward. It's all about knowing the process and trusting in the process and trusting in the guys around you. You know, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be adversity you have to come through, but it's all about how you respond to it. And the beautiful thing about it is we control how we respond to it, and we just have to keep pushing away. That's as simple as that. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. Sixers home tonight against Washington at 7. They've had a pretty strong season so far, and a big part of that is uh, Tyrese Maxey, their point guard. He was talking the other day about why his turnover stats are low and gives some credit to his dad. My dad was a coach, and he was a coach that didn't like turnovers. So he always tells me a story. They won state. I did not win. was not able to win state. But when he won state in the state championship run in Texas, now you have to win seven games. Then you have to win like five games. And throughout his five games, he had one turnover. So he always bring that up to me, like, man, when we won a championship, you know, I was the lead guard, and I didn't turn the ball over. You know, I had these many assists, blah, 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 like, Brad was about top. But, um, you know, that, it's very important, though, that we think about it. And now that I've, I've played in, I think, three playoffs, six playoff series, I know that sometimes a game comes down to that. One turnover, two turnovers, that can be, like, those little breakout layups, you know, they can really come back and haunt you. So taking care of the ball is going to be extremely important for a down stretch. That's Tyrese Maxey of the Sixers. Again, they were at home tonight against Washington at 7. Sound courtesy of the uh, Sixers content site through the NBA. And the Eagles sound before that courtesy of PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Flyers off till tomorrow when they're at Nashville at 8 o'clock. Also over the weekend, Shohei Otani uh, signed a 10-year, $700 million contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers, dwarfing the other uh, his teammate, Mike Trout, of course, from the area, and some folks have hoped Trout might wind up in Philadelphia. He signed a 12-year, $426.5 million contract a few years back, and uh, Otani's way beyond that. $70 million average dwarfing the next two, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer uh, of the Mets, and then they moved on. They were traded last year. They had a paltry $43.3 million a year. So I remember when my hero, Mike Schmidt, was on the cover of Sports Illustrated sometime in the 80s, and he led the majors 
in salary. And I think it was $2.1 million at the time. This would have been 35 years ago or something. And to see how it has mushroomed over the years and just blown up. Of course, can a player perform at that level and provide that much value in terms of winning and championships? They are just one person after all. But, of course, there's a lot more to the business side of things in terms of what it does for ticket sales and jerseys and everything else, interest and conversation about the team. So that's way above what I am familiar with. But, of course, you can just kind of guess it. There's a lot that goes into a decision like this. And I was thinking about even the insurance. If a player gets injured, those policies have to be outrageously high as well. Maybe one day we can get someone on the program who can speak to those sorts of things. I love learning. Uh, I love having guests on the program from wide backgrounds and We often have some wonderful folks like John Fuller from Focus on the Family. He'll be joining us shortly. He's co-host of the Focus on the Family daily radio broadcast with Jim Daly. So John will be joining us. And then later in the hour, a gentleman named Don Misher, who is a legendary TV producer and director. He has a new book out called 10 Seconds to Air. He has done in his lifetime the, the, the live productions he's had to put together. Uh, the Oscars, how you've heard of those? Yeah. Uh, Motown 25, Super Bowl halftime shows with Michael Jackson, Prince. Yeah, he knows a few things about pressure and having to be organized. So we're going to chat with Don Misher as well this hour on our fine broadcast. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. John Fuller, co-host of Focus on the Families next on WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. AM 560 WFIL, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, and we're glad to bring on board a familiar voice to the program. You hear him every weekday morning and weeknight and overnight. In fact, we have three different times we air focus on the family, 7 a.m., 8.30 p.m., and 1 a.m. John Fuller, co-host of Focus on the Family's daily radio broadcast. Hey, John. Hey, Tim. It's great to talk to you always, as always. I love your energy and uh, enthusiasm. And thanks for this discussion about Focus on the Family and what we do to help people. For sure. Well, folks have been hearing recently the Give Families Hope Partnership. And I think if folks have been you know, aware of Focus for a while, they know it's more than, quote unquote, just the broadcast, although that's an integral part of our station and, and Focus's ministry and work. But there are a lot of other arms and legs, if you will, and we've had other folks on from Focus sharing about those things in detail, like Adam Holtz with Plugged In, for example. But let's start with the radio ministry itself. I never like to assume there are new listeners every day. And so, yes. yeah, let's share about, share about the radio ministry of Focus, what goes into producing that program. I know you're very much involved and how you prepare and also plan that big picture with all the guests and topics. Yeah, I appreciate that. Let's, let's uh, maybe start with a story. So there's a, a woman who is having friction uh, in her relationship with her teenage daughter. And the daughter is shutting her down. You don't listen. You don't, you don't even know. And I don't want to talk to you. And what does mom do? Well, uh, mom happens to be in the car when a focus on the family radio show is on. Yeah. And mom happens, and I'm saying that near quote, to hear a conversation about empowering your kids and being empathic with them. And mom realizes, you know, I've been really tough on my child. I haven't been listening very well. And so mom does a reset with her child and says, you know, we've had some friction and some difficulties. And I just want you to know, I I want to know more about what you're feeling. I want it to be a safe space. And that's the reboot of a relationship that had really been in a cycle of conflict. That is what we try to do every day is serve up content that God's going to use to meet you as a listener, where you're at, 
maybe not the specifics, but there's a general principle you can take away and apply in your own family circumstance. And you can have a, a healthier family because you listen, because you take advantage of who we are as a ministry. So we, we have our finger on the pulse of what the real issues are for families these days. Frankly, Tim, it's pretty easy because everybody here is living it. Yes. <laughs> we all, and, and we've observed that. How interesting that we have kids off the rails, that we have spouses who we struggle with. We have in-laws that are a frustration, or we have wandering children, kids who aren't even walking in the faith. How interesting that we're living just like most of our constituents, most of our listeners. So we know the needs. We pay attention to the people who call us and reach out for help, and we try to serve up content for marriages, for parenting uh, situations, for general growth as a believer, for ways to engage your neighborhood, your city, your culture, and um, ways to get involved with kids who don't have a voice. Those are kind of the five areas of ministry that we do, and we, we bring radio content to reflect those five key values of focus, and we're so grateful that we're heard three times on WFIL and uh, and so many stations around the country. Yeah. So thank you for your partnership and helping us connect with moms who don't know what to do with their teenage daughters and so much more. Glad to do it. We're just tuning in with chat with John Fuller. He's co-host of Focus on the Family's daily radio broadcast, also vice president of the audio team. And he joined us a couple years back in, in advance of Easter. I remember he had a passion to share about a message at that, that time. And I think during the conversation, it might have been before we were on or after we hung up or whatever, or, you know, off the air, you had said something about the the work that goes into getting all the programs ready and mapping things out you know, weeks and months ahead. And I'm so jealous. I actually bring this up. <laughs> I bring this up every now and again to our general manager. I'm like, if I could do what Focus did, like if I could just have my shows kind of mapped out, I, I, I feel like I'm running like a... Like uh, Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones with the rocks about to yeah. roll over them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Well, I, we're fortunate. We we have a good team here. And my team, the broadcast and podcast team, we're kind of – we both generate the content and spark a lot of it. But we also work with the parenting and marriage teams here. So um, we've got Danny Huerta who yeah. uh, heads up our parenting team. We've got Greg and Aaron Smalley who lead our marriage team. They have what they call what we call a content calendar. So they're looking at intentionally messaging couples and parents throughout the next six months. And as they do that, and as we look at always having marriage and parenting and every week, um, we key off their calendar and we either use what they're using, you know, try to reflect what they're using or we try to augment it. And uh, it is a it is a gift. I mean, we started in 1977. And we got about 700 people here at the ministry. And wow. God has made us so much more than a radio ministry. We have we have so many different departments. But it starts with the broadcast because the 30-minute show that Jim and I are able to do, we've got five-plus million people a week who listen on radio alone. And, and those people are listening day in, day out. They're listening maybe for the first time. And we don't know where they're at, but we pray. Every time we record, we pray. And so the weight of the effort, the culmination of the effort of all the teams working together and my team specifically uh, pulling it all together for us in the studio uh, comes together. And we just we commit it to the to the Lord. We say, thank you, God, for this opportunity. Uh, Here's an offering, if you will. Please work and touch somebody 
and he does that, and it's a really, really wonderful thing. Amen. Well, folks tuning in, again, John Fuller, our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. He's co-host of the Focus on the Family Daily Radio broadcast. And right through the end of the year, if you give a gift to the ministry, it will be doubled. So it's a wonderful way. Everybody likes to get a good deal. This is one very good deal. And Give Families Hope is the partnership that you'll see right on our homepage at WFL.com. You can click through that to get to the place to contribute, or you can call 800-A-FAMILY, 800-A-FAMILY. John, you know, on our station, I'm thinking also, we have Adventures and Odyssey on the weekend. We have uh, um, Boundless, The Boundless Show with Lisa Anderson. Those mm-hmm. are both on Saturday yeah. nights. We have Radio Theater. We have Focus on the Family Weekend that I think you and Jim do together. Another type yep. of show, right? So there's all these mm-hmm. other expressions, radio-wise, of Focus on the Family. Uh, and then we've worked with different campaigns. Folks you know, listening to the station will remember the Sea Life campaign, um, the Bring Your Bible to School Day. There's, they, they pop up every now and again. There's a lot of expressions of, again, the, the, the way the gospel can be put out there. So I don't know, if, just in general, because there's so many things going on and what you get connected to personally or what you identify with the most or, or, or have your hands on the most. But if you could just speak to those endeavors or any of those endeavors that come to mind for you that Focus does. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, we do a lot of different things. And first, if it's not apparent, we are an unabashedly Christian organization. Right. And so we want to introduce people to Jesus, and we want help. We want to help people who are following Jesus uh, be encouraged, find comfort in their difficulties. And so uh, we do a survey of our our listenership, and um, every day over 400 people are making decisions to follow or to recommit their lives to Christ as a result of what we're doing here at Focus. So that that thrills us. That's what we're about. I mean, uh, 150,000 people in the previous 12 months have made decisions for Christ. Wow. That's awesome. And that's that's what we're all about. But as I said, we're so much more. I mean, on the marriage side, Greg and Aaron are really talking to churches a lot about something called Marriage 911 Hmm. and about marriage mentoring. These are two programs for churches to grab onto, and it's not like churches necessarily need one more thing. So let's I'm talking to you, radio listener. Don't count on your pastor to pull this out of his hat. Come to your pastor and say, I want to do this. I have a, pa- a passion to help marriages, and I want to be a marriage mentor, and I want to do this with other couples. Or I want to lead a marriage 911 effort to help couples who are struggling, but don't necessarily you know, need to have a marriage intensive. Now, we also offered those marriage intensives, Hope Restored. Right. I'm thrilled about that because uh, so many couples who are thinking of divorce go to these marriage intensives. They walk out much closer and in a much better spot to give their children and grandchildren a legacy of commitment, staying together. On the parenting side, Bring Your Bible to School was a phenomenal uh, success this past year. We had over a million kids wow. uh, doing the simple act of taking their Bibles to school. And it, it's like, well, why would you make a kid do that? No, it's an opportunity for a child to say, I follow Jesus, I read his book, and I'm different. And schools can't shut it down. It's totally legal. And it's a very public statement. And in this world that seems to reject truth, capital T truth, more and more, we think this is awesome. We love how kids are doing this, and there's a living it challenge, a, a, an everyday life with God kind of challenge, and, and if you sign up for that, we'll get that out to you. Uh, we're doing something for parents where if you sign up and tell us the birth date of your kid, we'll send you 
constant reminders of how you can lean in and better strengthen that relationship with your child if they're two, if they're 12, if they're 22. Well, actually, not if they're 22. You kind of have to do a little digging. But this age and stage thing is for children under 18. Uh, Tim, we have so many people calling us about their adult kids. We have a counseling team that will talk to you if you're struggling. Let's say the holidays are coming up, shall we? Right. Let's say I I don't know what to do about this one child because, you know, they kind of think they're the black sheep of the family and they take a contrary, a contrary in view to everything. How do I talk to them? How do, do we not even talk? Well, we can, we can help you. We can, we can hear you out. We can offer some ideas. We can point you to some resources. And if it's an ongoing thing, we'll, we'll connect you with a counselor in your area. We, we have trusted counselors in the Philly area. So um, we, get, we just have so many things going on. That's not even talking about what we're doing for kids and foster care and how we're trying to help people engage in a culture that is increasingly hostile to people of faith. Wow. That's great. Well said. And, and, uh, and, and thank you for sharing all that. John Fuller, co-host of the Focus on the Family daily radio broadcast, on with us for a little bit here today as we want to give some extra context for the Give Families Hope partnership that you're hearing about in the radio station. You can catch the radio broadcast itself several times each weekday, 7 a.m., 8.30 p.m., also 1 a.m. If you're up late, you can catch it then. And uh, several times over the weekend, there are other ministries and, and arms and legs, if you will, of Focus in the Family that you can catch and listen to. And if you want to go straight to their site, focusinthefamily.com, you can dig into some of what John's sharing there. We actually had Emerson Collins. For example, we had Emerson Collins on. Yes, Bring uh, Your Bible. Bring Your Bible to talk about that. So we love doing that. Again, you know, I'd like to have guests on so they can just take the floor and, and say, you know, what's going on so we can better know what's, what's happening. How do you, John, and the staff really retain a passion for the work you're doing, I want to say, in the right way, with the right tone? Because I could see it be you know, easy where you can get bothered, really bothered about something, or water the truth and then come off across as angry, or water the scripture down a little bit because you're trying to have a broader whatever appeal in some shape or form, yeah. theoretically yeah. speaking. But you want to get the truth across, obviously. It's very, very important. Otherwise, what, why are we here? I appreciate that so much because this is a conundrum for us. I, I meet a lot of angry Christians, but even over the weekend, my our Sunday school class was talking about this. Um, we have been talking about it for a long time as we've been studying the book of Acts. The people of the early church were called to community and to live counterculturally, and they did so. They lived with Jesus, and the Holy Spirit guided them, and they figured things out, and it was messy. They were not in a situation where everybody loved what they thought and believed and how they acted. But if we're winsome, if we put on the spirit of humility that Christ has, that Paul talked about in Philippians 2, and we approach our neighbors as our neighbors and not our enemy, that goes a long way, I think, to to helping spread the love of Jesus. Jim Daly has uh, thought long and hard about this and. 10, 12 years ago, he wrote a book called Refocus, and that that really captures the essence of how we want to lead people to Christ. We don't want to lead people to Christ uh, by painting them with a broad brushstroke of some stereotypical, you know, hater. No, we want to demonstrate the love of Jesus. Jim is fond of uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 4, which says, it's God's love that leads us to repentance. It's his kindness 
that leads us to repentance. It's not God's wrathful vengeance toward us that leads us to repentance, although that does work for some people. (laughs) But for (laughs) us, most of us, I think, are called to live out that kind part of God and to say, how can I serve you? How can I love you? How can I best reflect, uh, you know, the fruit of the Spirit? And as we do that, well, then we can get into conversations with people who have different beliefs. That, by the way, is going to be on my mind at Christmas when we're all together as a family, because I got some kids that don't believe the same as me. And wow. they're not my enemies. Yeah, They're not my enemies. They're my kids, and I love them, and I'm always going to love them. So we have to extend that kind of a perspective to everybody around us. And so we know the culture doesn't like some of our positions, but we're not going to change. As Jim said really, really well in one debate he had, um, Jim Daly said, well, I'm not the author of the book. I'm just trying to follow it. And so if you don't like, oh, you know, God's design of marriage, one man, one woman, if that doesn't suit you, then that's a matter that I'm not I can defend it. But it's not my idea. It was God's. So you're going to have to figure out with God what's going on with that. Yeah. So when we when we realize it's not ours to own, per se, we just have to follow it, then that, I think that takes some of the pressure off, because I, I believe in the truth of Scripture. And there are some uncomfortable things in there. Yeah. And um, the culture wants me to think that I can just say my truth. There is no such thing. There is truth, capital T. Now, there's my experience and how I either live with or oppose capital T truth. But when we let go of the results, when we let go of God's design and his values, and we say, well, I'm following that. I'm basing my life on that truth. And I'm sorry that you can't see that, but I'll I'll go to the grave for that. I, I will hold on to truth for the rest of my days, regardless of what the culture thinks or doesn't about it. John Fuller, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show today on WFIL in Philadelphia, co-host of Focus on the Family's daily radio broadcast with Jim Daly, uh, 7 a.m., 8.30 p.m., 1 a.m. as well. Give Families Hope is the partnership we have going. If you make a contribution to Focus's work, uh, you'll have that doubled, whatever it is. Whatever amount, a dollar becomes two, five becomes ten, a uh, thousand becomes two thousand, uh, eighteen thousand six hundred and forty-two becomes, I'm not really sure what. <laughs> But it'll be doubled. Thirty-eight thousand. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be doubled. I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, you can find out more. Click through the banner on our homepage at wfil.com, the Give Families Hope banner, or just call them directly eight hundred a family eight hundred a family. Focus on the family dot com also to to surf around and find out much more about what Focus on the Family does. Uh, just a last uh, question or two for you, John, if I could, just so people can appreciate yeah. this. You mentioned prayer earlier, which I really appreciate. Before you do the broadcast. Uh, what are some challenges you and the staff face on a practical level? I'm thinking because you are addressing not just one demographic, but the entire family, uh, you know, grandfather down to gr- grandbaby, uh, keeping, even keeping current on, on a given subject. So you sound like you, you know, you're keeping current <laughs> can be, yeah, yeah. Uh, an, uh, you know, a lot to do. And then the other, the spirit, it's a spiritual battle in the end. So there's that too. But uh, just how people could pray for you and, and thoughts about the challenges you, ha- you guys have. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, pray wisdom, if you would, please, uh, for our board, for our leadership, as we uh, continue to kind of plot out the best course forward for the ministry. Uh, We want to be wise stewards of the resources he's given us. And there are some really interesting opportunities for us to to reach people, to reach families, to reach um, the culture 
And so pray wisdom that we will know what's best. I find, Tim, that good is sometimes the enemy of best, and we want to do what's best for the kingdom. We want to do what uh, is best. I would say, if you would please, pray protection. There are a lot of, as I indicated earlier, there are a lot of family things happening here that are just like, wow, where did that come from? A lot of uh, pain and suffering, Hmm. uh, family relationships, a lot of kids who uh, are just struggling, either physically or emotionally. The staff of Focus is not immune to anything. Everything you're going through, we're going through. And uh, we think that there is some spiritual opposition to what we're doing. And so, uh, you know, pray protection and pray courage. We're not discouraged. We're energetic about reaching uh, families and especially this next generation with the good news of the gospel and living that out as families. So wisdom and protection, those those prayers mean a lot. And I'll just say thanks in advance for any gift people are going to make, because this is the time that we really need to hear from people as we uh, get ready to plan for the balance of our fiscal year, which is uh, the first nine months of 2024. That's good. John, I want to encourage you, too. I, I was really uh, glad to hear uh, your, the tenacity in your mind and heart to be clear about the importance of Truth, capital T. And earlier in our chat, we talked about the core work being really want to see people come to know the Lord, because in the end, that's the best way. I think you're going to see all the changes happening. You can try and help fix relationships, so to speak, with tools and 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 thoughts and whatever insights. But at the heart issue, if, if a person is wanting to serve the Lord, that's going to go you know, a very long way toward motivating a person. Why would I want to be reconciled with my child or, or have a, a marriage where I'm faithful or anything like that? Uh, and, and the power to do it, really. So that, the yeah. Event, yeah, that's really a very important point that you made. Mm. So well, I appreciate that. And, and yeah, we're, like I said, we're, we're living it. And so, yeah. um, it's not that Jesus takes away the suffering. In fact, he promised we're going to suffer as followers of his. But when you know Jesus, there is an understanding and a perspective, and there is a peace that passes understanding. And the world can't give that to you. Nothing can give that peace to you except Jesus. So I trust that your listeners will experience Jesus. And uh, Tim, thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit of our energy and our passion for families, especially Christ-centered families, this season. As we part ways, John, we are running vignettes that Jim Daly cut about some victories and like positive news, if you will, from Focus. Uh, do you have anything that, whether it's recent or in, in your years with Focus, that comes to mind? And, and I say this, it's encouraging folks to, to support the work of Focus to say, hey, guess what? There are good things that are happening. I mean, they can get that in their oh, heads, yeah. but like a specific story or a person or anything like that you can think of? I'm sure you have a lot of sure, them. Sure. There's this, well, sure. There's a story um, that, that I love. Um, we had um, we had a program that we were doing to encourage couples to to stay together, kind of that what I was talking about earlier, that yeah. passion to see couples work it through. And I'll just say personally, that's me. I mean, we 30, 35 years of parenting and 30 you know, 20 of those were really hard with special needs parenting. Yeah. Man, marriage can take a back seat. And then what? So we, my wife and I were in a tough spot and focus helped us. So here's a woman who said her husband left her. And um, he was a drug user, and he, he was addicted, and, and he, he chose drugs over her. And she was devastated. And she said, I, never, I didn't grow up in a, in a functional home, and I was broken. And I discovered the Focus broadcast, and that day I got hope for my marriage. I called Focus. I was given a referral to a marriage counselor in my city, and we, I got remarried. 
and we celebrated 31 years of marriage now. And, and it's a good marriage. Wow. I've listened for years, and I tell people about the help you offer. Boy, there's a story of redemption. Even if you've gone through a divorce, there, there's still a God of redemption who's championing for you. He wants to help you. He might use focus. He might use something else on this radio station. He might use a kind neighbor. But that's what keeps us going here is knowing that we did a broadcast, and it showed up on the radio, and we didn't know this woman, but God did. And he brought her to us. Boy, that keeps me coming in every day, Tim. I know God does that every day. I love seeing him work. Um, it's a real privilege. Wow. Amen. Amen. John, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to share these things. It's great to reconnect with you. We'll be continuing to pray for you this month, but in the days to come, too. Tim, thank you. All the best. And thank you again to, uh, to your station, to WFIL, for partnering with us and being such a great partner uh, in the region. Amen. It's John Fuller, co-host of Focus on the Family's daily radio broadcast. You can catch that several times each weekday, 7 a.m., 8.30 p.m., 1 a.m. You can also help out in the Give Families Hope Partnership. Whatever you give by the end of the year doubled, you can do that through our site by clicking the Give Families Hope banner, connects you to Focus, or you can call them up at 800-A-FAMILY, 800-A-FAMILY. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. On the app. It's Don McLean. You know, the guy does American Pie and a number of other songs like Vincent Starry Starry Night. He has a Christmas album out called Christmas Memories, remixed and remastered. That's one of the songs on that album, track three, and uh, his version of I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. We're looking forward to having Don on the program this week. We're working on scheduling is exactly when that's going to happen, but we're looking forward to having him on the program. He's been on this like actually a couple of times last couple of years. Excited very much for that. In the meantime, we are looking forward to bringing on board another Don right now. And uh, you'll know him. Even if you don't know his name, you know his work. His name is Don Misher. He's a legendary TV producer and director. He has a book out called 10 Seconds to Air. If you have seen the Oscars, if you have seen the 100th anniversary of Carnegie Hall or the Motown 25 Project or Super Bowl halftime shows, perhaps. Michael Jackson, Prince, Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen, any of those? Maybe you have seen the opening ceremonies of the 96 Summer Olympics or the 2002 Winter Olympics. He produced those. (laughs) So he knows a little something about big projects, how to work on something, how to bring a team together, and how to execute. He has been honored with 15 Emmys and a record 10 Directors Guild of America Awards for Outstanding Directorial Achievement, among others. Don Misher, 10 Seconds to Air, is the name of the book. You must be thrilled that this book is done and out and all that. You know what? I've been dreaming about it, doing this for a long time. I didn't realize how long it would take, but I'm really happy that I did it. 
And in the beginning, I just said, I want to just write something that my family will have so they will know what their great, great grandfather did or whatever. <laughs> right. But um, but thank you for the kind words, Tim. Yeah. So how long did it take uh, for this to come together? And, and when did you start thinking about, you know, maybe this would be a good idea? Uh, three years ago, I started thinking about it being a good idea. And okay. so I worked for three years. I had the help of uh, uh, someone named Sarah Lukinson, who yeah. encouraged me to write this book and helped me um, edit it and put it together. She was uh, really, really helpful. And But it took three years, basically, to get this done. Wow. That's amazing. Your work, I understand early on, you know, uh, just went through the uh, anniversary of JFK's assassination, that that was a, a key part in terms of watching the reporters who worked on that story. And uh, just share about how that played a role in who you wound up becoming and the work that you did. Yeah, it was um, that weekend. Television had been around for about 12 or 13 years. But I think that weekend when Kennedy was killed, it kind of television came of age. And I think that we grieved as a nation. I think television helped us grieve. We shared each other's. I mean, the whole country was in, in, you know, grieving. And it helped us come together and feel like we weren't alone. And we saw other people on the screen it had similar feelings all around, not just America, but around the world. And so I think that that had a, a, a big, made a big difference in terms of, of uh, this. And it became one of the markers uh, in terms of what television can do for a culture. There's a lot of mediocre stuff on television. But in that instance, it brought us together as a nation. Over time, you, of course, wound up doing many different events, working with all kinds of amazing people, and you have a lot of great chapters in 10 Seconds to Air on that. Did you find your professional progression to be fairly, I'll call it natural, because you did so many different things, but did you feel like, okay, I, I think I can do this, let's tackle that challenge, or did you sometimes feel like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best at it? What, what were your thoughts? Because there's so many different interesting things you've done. Yeah, um, what happens? What happened was is that uh, people started to trust me as a producer and director. I mean, I um, I'm a white guy from Texas, you know, and when I got to do Motown 25, which was the 25th anniversary of Motown Records, you know, with Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder and the Temps and the Thompson and all that. I mean, I felt honored beyond belief. I mean, that I got to do this. I got to be a part of this music, which I loved. So it's it's um, a lot of times things came to me because people felt, I think they just felt they could trust me and that I would work hard and do a credible job for them. I didn't go after a whole lot of stuff, Okay, but the offers would come to me and I could I could do that but um, I'm glad all that happened obviously because <laughs> sure. I, I've been blessed to so many different people and different musical cultures and all the rest of it yeah 
Folks tuning in, we're chatting with Don Misher, legendary TV producer and director and author of 10 Seconds to Air, My Life in the Director's Chair. What did you find that you needed to be, like, personally to pull off the events in terms of things you needed to be really good at, uh, even just character-wise, how to stay calm under pressure, for example, or whatever it might be? Well, you, you, um, you have to know what are the artist's objectives, why is the artist doing this? We have to build a good team, uh, people that you can trust. Television production is a team effort, and it's not like one person out there working by themselves. Yeah. You know, and so that those are all that do your research and find out. Like when we did the Olympics, the first thing that I, I um, wanted to find out was, let's say, the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake. What was the world's image of Salt Lake City? Uh, and what I what I found out was it was uh, considered part of the American West, but polygamy, of course, stood out. And I knew what the strengths and weaknesses were in terms of the audiences in the state, in the country, and around other countries in the world. And you try to address those in a way that helps people understand what's in your heart, what's in your mind, and what you've accomplished. That makes total sense because you're really trying to you, you have you can't just barge right in, set up your equipment and start doing whatever. You you have to know the context for things. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I thought that the Olympics uh, ceremonies that I saw here that David Wilper produced in 1984 at the L.A. Coliseum. Yeah. I walked out of there that night that afternoon feeling so proud to be an American and so happy with uh, how things went. We had 80 pianos playing Gershwin, 80 blue pianos with pianists playing Gershwin and all that. Yeah. We, and later when I went to the Olympic move, I found out that it was considered too nationalistic. So there are different points of views yeah. to seeing these things, you know. And um, but anyway, it, uh, so you learn. You learn by getting in there, making mistakes, and you learn from reactions you get from people. Do you did you find sometimes as you were doing all the different types of events, even you know there's only so much you can do, then it's showtime. How when you step back from you're like, wow, that was even better than I thought, or or maybe you thought something didn't didn't go well, but nobody noticed it, or the way you you were critical, extra critical of something, whatever it is. Uh, is there a lot of self reflection? Well, generally, afterwards? when you walk away from these things, yeah, you only remember the things that went wrong. <laughs> you know, I um, and and so then it takes a while. I, I uh, was really upset in Atlanta when uh, uh, not about Ali lighting the flame, but we had a closing number that was um, Jesse Norman, who's from Georgia, singing a song, Altius Fortius. I forgot the third, the third, but runner higher, faster, stronger, you know. And um, I had Pyro synced up every time she hit one of those words, Sidious, Altius. Fortius, you know, right. boom, boom, boom. And the Atlanta cops uh, cut it out. Even though I had it all cleared, spent two years clearing it, they stopped it. And so at the end of that show, which had a lot of wonderful things in it, I was depressed. And my son, who was six years old, came across the field running toward me. And everybody was dancing and cheering and happy that the Olympic ceremonies over and the games were now on and he I picked him up and he looked at my face and he said what's wrong daddy you know wow because wow. 
I tend to see the things that go wrong. That's um, that's kind of the way it is. Yeah, and I can understand all the all the effort and energy you really want it to be just so, and that that just shows that you probably are very very dedicated to excellent quality. So, well, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, Don, on 10 Seconds to Air, my life in the director's chair. God bless you, and have a great holiday season. Okay, same to you, Tim. Thank you very much. All right, Don Misher again. The book called 10 Seconds to Air. He's done halftime shows for the Super Bowl. He's done the Oscars and many other events, including the Olympics. I have a couple thoughts I want to send your way and just share with you after this quick break here. Coming up on Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for listening in this afternoon. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 4.53 on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Privilege to have had John Fuller, co-host of the Focus on the Family Daily Radio broadcast, on with us earlier in the hour. And just wrap up a conversation with Don Misher, legendary TV producer and director, he has a book out called 10 Seconds to Air. He's done Super Bowl halftime shows with Michael Jackson, Prince, Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen. He did the Democratic National Convention one year. He also did the opening ceremonies of both the 96 Summer Olympics and 2002 Winter Olympics. The Oscars, like, so all kinds of things. But one thing he said in our chat I thought was really interesting, because I'm asking you, how do you get to that point? And... He said, basically, I think people trusted me. So as he was working day by day, people trusted him with the next thing. And they say, hey, that went pretty well. Like, can you do that for me? And I can tell you, I don't know. I'm guessing anybody who's in in the management, if you are looking to hire someone, you'll take a diligent person. You'll take someone who's like, you know, locked in and and can soak info up and work at it uh, over someone maybe who has a, a resume per se. But maybe has it doesn't work well with people or something like that. Uh, but scripture came to mind. So, you know, scripture is where it's at in my head. And uh, as Don was talking, I'm thinking of a few verses. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine says, "Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve before kings. He will not serve before obscure men." Now, all of God's word is inerrant and infallible. So I don't think that that verse is inadvertently putting down people who aren't kings. Right. But I, I think when you read Proverbs, you see a lot of encouragement to be diligent. Like Proverbs 10, 4 says, lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. So in the context of the book of Proverbs, I think that's where that's going. Like if you're skilled in your work and you're working at it, you know, look where that, that may wind up. And certainly there are probably some fun things, fun advantages to working for a king. But I'm guessing there's extra pressure, too, just like our guest Don Misher had with regard to doing a Super Bowl or, you know, halftime show or something like that. The other scripture that came to mind from Luke chapter 16, verse 10, simply says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And again, it gets back to that encouragement and that challenge to say, where are you right now? Whatever job you have, whatever situation you're in, are you being faithful with what you have right now? Or is your mind busy thinking, if I only had this, then I would do something. Luke 16.10 is saying, what do you have? If you have a little, are you going to be faithful with that? Then you can be trusted with more. And so I think it's a safeguard to keep our hearts from wandering off the track. And it's certainly very practical 
when you look at a guy like Don Misher, I'm not sure what, what he believes in terms of things of the Lord or not, but he practiced being diligent with what was right in front of him, and then that led to him being able to wind up doing some pretty amazing things. So all for God's glory, though, you know, in the end, as a believer, I want uh, the ultimate thing is to serve God and bring him glory. So whether or not you wind up doing a job that is interesting or, uh, you know, you're going up the ladder, so to speak, and having more authority or more people working underneath you, whatever, that the ultimate goal is to bring God glory, as it says in Scripture, for from him and through him and to him are all things. So let's remember that. But And there, there are some people who are going to serve in obscurity. I, I have a niece and her husband who are doctors in the middle of uh, another country. And nobody knows they're there except those who support them and you know family and friends. But they're doing God's work. And so that's great. They don't have to work at a huge hospital and become superstar doctors. So I, I don't want to mix the, I don't want to mix the message. But the encouragement from Proverbs 22, 29, Proverbs 10, 4, and Luke 16, 10, I think all point to be diligent. Don't be lazy. Whether it's something very simple, what's in your world right now? If you're a child listening and you have, You've been tasked by your parents to say, I need you to take out the trash, I need you to walk the dog, and then work on your homework. Be faithful in that. And, and then more responsibility comes, and then it grows from there. And whatever, again, whatever walk of life you happen to be in, whatever stage of life, be faithful to what's right in front of you and be content, and then let the Lord do with it as he will. And again, really all for his glory. That's up to him how he chooses to use all those things. That'll do it for the program today. Thank you for taking time to listen in. Looking forward to having a number of interesting guests this week, and we appreciate your prayers for those. We have Angelo Cataldi from WIP's Morning Show joining us. Don McLean, who played a song from earlier, songwriter from American Pie, and a bunch of others all uh, set to go this week. So we're looking forward to that. And again, your prayers for our program, much appreciated. Alistair Begg, Truth for Life, up next in WFIL. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.